Hello, and welcome to the Student Psychology Journal with your host, JY. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about stress. Everybody goes through stress, so I'm sure everybody can take away something from this. And I'm going to be giving advice to some people on Reddit. To start, just a disclaimer that I'm not a professional counselor or a psychologist. I'm merely a behavioral neuroscience student with an interest in psychology, so this is just my personal opinion and some research that I've done and my advice. So to start, I'm going to read a post from Reddit, someone asking for advice on their stress. This person says, I'm so stressed about school, I can't breathe. I know school is important, but I feel like it's for those who want to pursue being a lawyer, a nurse, etc. I have plans for life, been real successful so far, but school has been ripping my hair apart. I have nine core classes and I never get a break. I always have something to do every day and it's really getting to me. I feel like I'm suffocating. I can't remember the last time I felt free. Please help. I can't bear. I'm about to say fuck it all. I know kids say it's just an excuse, but it's really taking a toll on me. I feel lifeless. My brain feels full. And I'd I'd be okay if I was doing good, but I'm failing tests. I can't, man. It looks like this person is very overwhelmed. And some of the negative consequences of stress is decreased efficacy, productivity, and creativity. Stress also weakens your attention and concentration, and it weakens your memory. So it's understandable why school can be hard when you're under a lot of stress. And these negative mental and physical consequences can often lead to self-doubt and criticism, thereby weakening your motivation. This individual definitely lacks some meaning in their study efforts. They're questioning why they're doing this. They feel like it's for people who want to become a lawyer or a nurse, etc. It's really good to think about why you're doing it and kind of try to find a meaning. Everything you do, any goal... It's going to take effort. It's going to be difficult. Really having that meaning is going to give you that motivation to continue even when things get tough. Even when 90% of the things are going bad, maybe in one of your courses, there's something that really interests you in the content or something your professor says that's actually really interesting. And trying to hold on to those valuable moments And instead of thinking everything is going bad, maybe a good way to get that meaning or motivation. Because stress often seem like a negative thing, but it also has positive impacts. Stress is really subjective and it hinges on the perception, the degree to which a person perceives an event as threatening or non-threatening really determines the level of stress that someone experiences. If you're thinking about your stress as a negative thing and you're so overwhelmed, your brain feels so full, it may have a negative impact on your health. And stress can lead to different stress-related diseases, and it's correlated with a lot of mental health issues as well. Hans Seils proposed the concept of eustress. Eustress is stress that can potentially facilitate a person's sense of well-being, capacity, or performance. I know it seems kind of contradicting to think that stress is good, but stress can actually be good. Sales says that 
every experience or change represents a challenge or stressor to the human system. So every experience is really met with some degree of alarm or arousal. So you need to be alert. You need to be having some kind of attention or a little bit of stress to try and put your effort in. This person thinks that it would be okay if they were doing good, but they're failing tests. But it's really okay to fail tests. I'm sure everybody's had a bad test here and there. And it really depends how you react to it. It can be helpful to rethink rethink stress as an opportunity to grow. You're not really going to grow unless there's a challenge. You're not going to develop as a person if you don't go through some sort of hardship. If everything's super easy, then you're not going to learn anything from it. The more you overcome stress, the more resilient you'll become. Stress thereby enhances resiliency. Hardiness, aka resiliency, describes a person who is healthy under stress, which is different from people who develop stress-related problems. Hardiness includes the element of commitment, control, and challenge. Commitment meaning the tendency to see the world as interesting and meaningful. Control being the belief in one's ability to control or influence events. And challenge, seeing change and new experience as an exciting opportunity to learn and develop. And this person doesn't have the meaning, the commitment. Finding what you're learning as something meaningful is really important to have that motivation to think of your stress as more of a challenge and an opportunity than a negative consequence of school. This aspect of control is really important because when people fail, when people do badly, when people go through difficult times, they often have this idea that things are out of their control. This happened and I can't do anything about it. I tried so hard, but it didn't work out. I tried this and that and Because it didn't work out in the past, it's not going to work out now. I have no control of how my life will turn out. And when you feel like you don't have control over your life or your events or school or courses or tests, it's going to be hard to find the motivation to try. Because if you feel like you don't have the control, then even if you try, it won't matter. If you try and think of stress as an opportunity to grow, it can reframe your thoughts in a way that you can control how you do in school. And then the last aspect is challenge, seeing change as something new and an exciting experience. I think if everything was super easy or if something is really easy to you, it's going to get boring and you're not going to get anything out of it, like I said before. And you have to have this kind of challenge to have an exciting experience to feel like you accomplished something. If it was so easy, then it doesn't really feel like an accomplishment. Seeing this challenge can be really important rather than seeing it as a stressful experience. And people who are hardy or resilient, does not they're not immune to stress, but it's just that they're more resilient to it when responding to a variety of stressful conditions. Individuals who are hardy not only remain healthy, but they perform better under stress. Some people, I've heard some people say that they perform better under stress. And that's true because you have that kind of 
excitement or feeling like you have to do it otherwise there's negative consequences that stress drives people to try and and motivates them so some tips that i would have for this person is have a good sleep cycle because sleep improves your memory and if you don't have good memory school is not going to be so easy depending on what kind of what kind of courses you do another thing i'd recommend is to take breaks and not breaks as in going on your phone and scrolling through it or procrastinating but also thinking about a million other things actually giving your mind a break going on a walk journaling taking a shower doing a quick stretch break i can understand that people may feel like they don't have time for a break but i can assure that when people are stressed they're going to procrastinate they're going to try to take their mind off of it by doing other things which is kind of like taking a break but not actually giving yourself a break when you're under stress your mind is restless like she said her head feels full that's because she has so many thoughts and so many things that she's worrying about but actually going on a walk going outside getting some fresh air or just taking a shower can be really helpful to clear your mind a bit so that you're ready to stay on task another thing i suggest is multitasking is very hard A lot of times when we have so many things to do, we feel like we have to do a million things at once. But we can't really do that. I like to think of this as your computer. If you have multiple softwares open, multiple programs, multiple tabs, windows open at the same time and try to do something or search something up on your computer, it's going to be slow and your computer might even crash. So you can't really expect your mind to multitask well. I think it's helpful to focus on one task at a time put a timer on maybe for like 20 minutes and just for those 20 minutes you have to do this one specific task nothing else because it's only going to crowd your head even more this might be a little bit difficult but trying not to ruminate on your past failures and trying not to think of the future because the future is supposed to be unknown you're not supposed to know what's going to happen But always thinking, oh, because I did bad in the past, I'm not going to do well this time. Because it didn't work out on this test, I'm probably going to do bad again. It's It's only going to discourage. So something my mom always told me was just focus on what you have to do today. Obviously, you have to have a vague idea of what you have to do in the future. Have your due dates down on your planner. Can be really helpful and be less overwhelming when you don't have to think about a million things you have to do in the future ruminating on past or future also is associated with risk of developing mental health issues like depression and anxiety often mindfulness techniques such as meditation and other professionals will say try to focus on the now be present there's so many quotes on that and it's true it's also less overwhelming than thinking about other things you have to do later on another thing that i've noticed is that when we are in pain or when we are stressed resisting our pain or stress leads to suffering if you accept that you're in pain if you accept that you're stressed and find meaning in why you're stressed and why you're doing this and putting yourself under the stress it there will be less suffering because you're not resisting that stress my last advice would be to talk to somebody go to a friend or a family member, just rant. 
I think ranting really gets out a lot of pent-up burden on your shoulders. It can really help to talk to someone, just let it out. And it's also shown to influence the course of chronic disease because you have someone to fall back on or at least someone to talk to. And if you don't have anybody that you want to talk to, I know some people don't have someone who they can just talk to, there's this app called Here to Talk in Canada. If you go on it, you can talk to a counselor for free for, I think, 30 minutes to up to an hour. And they can really help unpack your thoughts and lead you in a better thought process than the ones you're probably ruminating to yourself right now. Okay, now I'm going to move on to the next Reddit post. And this one says, I'm sick of the draining mental stress I put on myself and I don't know how to stop. I, an 18-year-old male, am about halfway through my first semester at community college. I'm on the brink of a full mental breakdown because of everything going on right now. I can't bring myself to wake up in the morning for class. I haven't gone to two of my classes since the first week, although I do keep up with one of them online. And the ones I do try and go to consistently, I have subpar grades in. I've done this to myself since junior year of high school. I find a way to get behind, I procrastinate, I get anxious to the point where I ignore my alarms and I don't get out of bed in the morning. Push it all away from my friends and family and keep them in the dark. Then eventually it catches up to me and I have a mental breakdown. I can feel it coming. I haven't done an assignment or shown up for one of my classes in six weeks. I'll likely have to drop it. One of my professors requested a meeting with me, likely about my grades. Another one told the class they'll be dropping students who don't show up for non-pursuit. I feel like a total, utter failure. I'm paying money out of my pocket and to do this to myself. I told myself having my own financial tie to school would motivate me, but clearly that's not it. I have big plans for my future, but they seem so distant and it feels like what I do in the moment doesn't change a thing. I've tried every counseling tactic in the book. I've tried calendars, planners, alarms, breathing, you name it. I just can't stick to them for more than a week. The worst part is that I'm completely self-aware. I know I'm smart. I scored a 1300 on my SAT in my sophomore year without studying. I've always been an honors track through school. I know I can do great things and I know that the longer I do this, the faster I'm squandering my future. I just don't have the slightest clue what makes me tick. It's frustrating to the point where I've convinced myself that there's something wrong with me. And at that point, I've already lost. I can't go on like this. I can't drop out of school and prove to myself and everyone else that I'm a failure. Part of me is telling myself I'm just being anxious, melodramatic loser, to pick myself up and keep figuring things out like I always have. But that plan leads me back into this loop without fail every time. I want to change so bad, but I just don't know how. Thank you. It means more than you know. The whole post is very, very heavy. This person feels like something's wrong with them, feels that things are not in their control. Without control, without motivation, procrastination, and multiple attempts and failure every time, it can be very hard to pick yourself up and be resilient. But I also don't like the fact that this person says, I'm smart, Uh, I scored a 1300 on my SAT without studying. I'm sure this person is very smart. But in university, you have to put in the effort. There's no such thing as doing well without studying. You have to study. There's just so much content that there's no way, even if you're so smart that you can 
get great grades without studying. It's going to be easier for some people than others, but having that work ethic is the most important part when it comes to studying in university, at least for me. I I believe from the passage that this person is a little bit neurotic in personality, and that doesn't have to be a negative thing. Uh, Neurotic people are generally more prone to stress. They're more anxious, um, can be prone to depression, emotionally unstable, moody, guilt-feeling, irrational, and low self-esteem. This all seems like negative traits, but neurotic people also tend to be intelligent, humorous, more realistic in expectations, a greater sense of self-awareness, drive and conscientiousness, they take fewer risks, and have a strong need to provide for others. With that, people high in neuroticism are more reactive physiologically and psycholytically to stress and negative stimuli. So their heart rate increases and they report greater stress than other people would. With this trait, it can be difficult to be resilient at times, but it's not impossible. This person is definitely in need of a routine and it's difficult to make a routine. It's difficult to create a habit. The part about procrastinating... It's completely normal. Everybody procrastinates. For example, um, you can scroll through your phone, but I, I used to do this thing called productive procrastinating where I would start cleaning my room or doing the dishes or cooking or doing something productive so that I don't feel guilty about procrastinating when I am procrastinating. But when we are procrastinating, our brain goes on this default network when, they're, when people aren't busy, they show this like widespread pattern in their brain. It's shown to be involved in thinking about your social life, yourself, and your past and future. This default network is associated with daydreaming. So when your mind is kind of like doing its thing, but you don't really know what, <laughs> don't really know what it's doing. Like when you walk into a room thinking, oh, I have to go get my keys or something. And you walk into the room and when you're there, you're like, why, why am I here? why what was i trying to get i know i was trying to get something but i don't know what that's when your brain is on their default network also i've heard some people that they drive on default network so they'll get to their destination be like wait how did i how did i get here that can be dangerous when driving but yeah when we're on this default network our brain feels kind of full like we have a bunch of thoughts running through consistently but not in an organized way so kind of like the computer metaphor again where we have a bunch of files open a bunch of tabs open we're using them and jumping from one thought to another or one tab to another but not actually getting anything done often when we're in this default network we're not in the present we're usually thinking about the past or future or thinking about other people or comparing ourselves There's really no purpose or logic in this thought process, but it's often the network we go through when we're procrastinating, or more specifically when we're mind-wandering. This often happens to me while I'm reading. If I'm reading something really boring, then my mind will just wander and think about other things when I'm supposed to be focusing on what I'm reading. To actually put an effort and focus on the task at hand, We can talk about the inverted U hypothesis when we're not attentive at all, we're not focused at all, and we're just completely relaxed. 
we're not going to be very alert and we're not going to be very attentive to what we're doing and not going to get much done. And then you go up the curve and you feel somewhat level of stress or attention and you're like focused, you're zoned in, you're doing your work and you're so productive because you have that optimum level of arousal where you are super attentive on what you're doing. And then you exceed that level of stress, you have too much, too many thoughts, too many things and you're too overwhelmed with your stress that it's debilitating. You can't get things done because you're mind is so full so having that optimum level of arousal is key to getting things done and not procrastinating and focusing on your task this person has been under long-term stress say that they've done this to themselves without fail every time and it leads them in this loop under long-term stress it can really disrupt almost all of your body's processes and increasing numerous mental and physical health outcomes So long-term stress can lead to anxiety, depression, digestive problems, heart problems, sleep problems, weight gain, and many more. Again, it's really the individual difference of how we react to it that determines whether the stressor is going to be interpreted as something good or something bad. And often we think of stress on tasks such as school as negative when we do bad on it. And then when we do good on it, it's like, oh, that stress was good because it challenged me and I did better. I worked better under stress. I want to bring up a study that was done on anxiety direction. This uh, researcher named Hanton and others um, interviewed athletes before a game, and six athletes were interviewed prior to critical athletic incidents, such as important races or game or final game or match or tournament, something particularly challenging. Some athletes reported negative interpretation of their anxious and nervous feeling, while some interpreted it as something positive. A negative report um, was where someone was like, I felt anxious, thoughts like I had never experienced before, it was a new environment. The fact that I was playing in a big crowd that was unfamiliar, it started to overwhelm me, I started to have doubts about myself and wonder whether I belonged here, whether I had the skills and ability or ability to compete. So this person's anxiety is being interpreted as something negative and they're starting to doubt themselves and whether they belong, which is exactly what this person um, is going through in school. And then comparatively, one participant among the athletes described similar anxious thoughts and feelings, but they interpreted them positively. So this person said, when I'm nervous and feeling sick inside, that means the race is important to me and that there's something to achieve. This time, it was almost as though I could be sick. And then he names a bunch of symptoms that he was experiencing from anxiety and stress. But then... That was positive because it showed just how important the race was to me and I was ready to compete. So this person thought of it as a challenge, something exciting, something to overcome. I think it would be a lot easier to do well and be confident in yourself when you think of your stress as a challenge to overcome and experience growth opportunity. For this individual, I would recommend taking a break. First of all, drop that class that he's missed six weeks of. It's going to be almost impossible to catch up on that with your other courses. 
and then the one where the professor requested to meet with him about his grades go meet with the professor be completely honest with them i'm sure the professor had gone through something similar in his past too and he would probably have some good advice for you or give you resources to help you out so i think that's a great opportunity to go talk to him or her i think rather than beating yourself up about it and making yourself continue i don't think this individual is in any mindset to take any more classes and i really just try to think about what's good for you some people do really enjoy school they enjoy learning they enjoy the process of learning and challenging themselves it's a positive challenge for them and some people just don't thrive in that school environment and really trying to find what works for you what gives you that routine that motivation to continue is really important but to get to that point this person needs to reflect what environment do they work well in what routine works best for them is really important just learning more about yourself and what works for you is the first step to this person building work ethic does not come easily having a million things to do and feeling like you're getting behind is not going to help with that motivation factor take one class at a time to have something to keep you accountable once this person does well in a course or does well in an assignment it's going to give them motivation it's going to give them the thought process where they can do this they can control their their grades their outcome that's where motivation and meaning is going to come out having that what do you call it like middle ground mentality instead of all or nothing kind of mentality is really useful because things are going to go bad there's going to be times where you fall behind i can tell that this person's really hard on themselves too being self-critical feeling like you're a total failure and thinking all these negative things about yourself is not going to do you any good saying that you're an anxious melodramatic loser i can't imagine what else you're telling yourself if you can't forgive yourself for your past failures it's going to be really hard to move on and try again easier said than done but it's really important to make those small accomplishments from those small accomplishments you can build larger ones you don't have to have this timeline of when you are gonna reach those goals some people reach those goals 20 years later some people reach their goals like two years later but everybody has a different timeline it's good to not compare yourself so now i'm going to talk about where stress comes from the science behind stress and let's understand why stress happens there's two types of stress There's acute stress and chronic stress. Acute stress is something like a car crash, a test, or presentation, something temporary that doesn't last very long. And a chronic stress is something long-term, maybe something like a never-ending workload, financial concern, something that's not going to go away in a day or two. Stress is actually adaptive for physical danger. It's not so helpful in today's society where stress is very subtle and it's not immediately dangerous to us, but it's equally as threatening. Stress is, was adaptive and is still adaptive for physical danger because it keeps you alert, it keeps you on your toes. But where does stress originate in our body? The stress response is um, activated when we sense a threat and your sensory neurons in your brain send this signal to the hypothalamus, uh, which initiates the fight or flight response 
and this fight or flight response stimulates the release of adrenocorticotropic hormones very big mouthful from the pituitary and this hormone stimulates the adrenal glands to release a hormone that activates the sympathetic nervous system your adrenal glands release adrenaline and cortisol cortisol is the primary stress hormone it increases sugars in your bloodstream and enhances your brain's use of energy so you're ready to act out on your danger or threat cortisol suppresses the digestive system the reproductive system and, and growth processes so it stops all the non-essential systems to prepare you for the fight but when cortisol is released long term it can cause problems in your digestive system reproductive system and your growth processes and that's why stress is adaptive for short-term stresses and not adaptive for long-term stresses our body's stress response is usually temporary because when we perceive a threat and it passes your hormone levels return to normal because your body's not under threat anymore but when stressors are always present which is more common in our modern society when we have an impending workload the body can constantly feel under attack when cortisol levels remain high. The acute stress response in young, healthy individuals may be adaptive and typically they don't impose any health burden or concerns, so they're totally fine. But if you have a chronic illness or you're generally not as healthy, long-term stressors can really damage your health. Also because chronic stress lowers your immunity, cortisol suppresses your immune systems it lowers its effectiveness in fighting off invaders by lowering the number of lymphocytes present in our blood, which helps fight infection. And how you interpret your stress can really depend on a, lo a lot of factors, your individual factors. It can depend on your genetics. It can depend on psychosocial resources. So if you have a supportive friend or family or social network, and also your learned coping methods. If you have bad coping methods, it's not great. That's another thing I should have said for the advice is to have better coping methods because stress is going to arise. But if you have good, healthy coping methods, then those stressors are going to be a lot more manageable and you're going to know how to handle yourself when you're under stress. So good coping methods could be doing a hobby you really enjoy, taking a walk, um, journaling is a really good one, some people meditate, just giving your mind that break and giving yourself time to recharge. Or just talking to somebody is also a method of coping. Some bad coping methods can be drugs or alcohol, maybe procrastinating is a bad one, I guess. I also wanted to talk about the diathesis stress model. The emergence of physical disorder requires first the existence of a diathesis, so a innate predisposition to a disorder, something innate in them that makes them more susceptible to certain illnesses. And second is the stress, life circumstances, which can trigger the development of a disorder. And if you're more prone to those developing those illnesses, those stressful circumstances can activate and lead to the development of a disorder a lot easier than those people who are not predisposed and don't have an innate predisposition for that disorder. Your reaction to stress also depends on 
your early life experiences so children who experience highly traumatic events can experience specific epigenetic changes that result in a greater sensitivity to stress later on specifically in terms of cortisol responsiveness future stressors can seem a lot more stressful and you can be more reactive to it later on if you have past trauma so that's some science behind stress some key takeaways i want to review is that rumination of past and future is associated risk with risk of developing mental health issues also stress enhances resiliency resiliency and hardiness includes elements of commitment control and challenge rumination of past and future is associated risk with risk of developing mental health issues multitasking is harder and actually slower than working on one thing at a time because it's also easy to forget little details if you're multitasking also focus on what you have to do today so that it's not so overwhelming and when you're under a lot of stress do not underestimate the power of a break giving yourself a break can really refresh your mind and it's also the person's interpretation not the stress itself that influences the outcome stress can be reframed into something positive a you stress so that you can think of it as a challenge rather than a negative consequence of something you have to do and the last tip is to talk to somebody go to a friend or family that you trust or any other resources to talk about your current stress and unpack things together talk them out in a way that's more productive and leads you in a better direction and with that we are at the end of today's episode on stress thank you for joining me on today's episode and if you're going through something stressful right now be kind to yourself and acknowledge the efforts that you've made and the accomplishments that you've achieved